Uh, joined now by Jim Suhan, Star Tribune sports columnist. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jay. All right, Jim. So uh, some things to look at today. The uh, Gopher women's basketball team is going to play tonight against Nebraska. The men's team not playing tonight because of the shooting at Michigan State. Um, any more indication as to when or if that game is going to be made up? There hasn't been an announcement. <clears throat> Excuse me. There hasn't been any uh, indication of what they're going to do. My guess looking at it from the outside is they didn't want to just immediately reschedule it. That would look rather insensitive to what's going on at Michigan State. My guess is they would like to play it if possible, uh, but obviously right now there are bigger concerns than a basketball game. Jim, what is the uh, the state of the Gopher men's and women's basketball programs and are either coach in danger of losing their job? Uh, I don't think e- – I mean, they're both having terrible seasons. I don't think either is in danger of losing their jobs. Um, I think with Ben Johnson – he has his two best recruits coming in next year. It'd be silly to fire him until you see how he performs. Listen, as bad as this year is, and this is a bad year, uh, you're looking at next year, if you have Evans, Christie, Battle, Garcia, uh, and uh, you know Carrington or somebody else, Ola Jokes, whoever the fifth start ends up being, maybe another recruit, maybe another graduate transfer. You know, this year he came in, hey, I told you, this is, they don't have many big 10 players, you know, maybe they can develop some of these guys. They also had some injury problems, which really hurt a team that was very shallow to begin with, you know, Parker Fox and, and, uh, and, uh, Enan. So next year, if those guys get healthy and you have your top two recruits that you've had here in a long time, frankly, and then you have battle and Garcia who are good functional big 10 basketball players. Now all of a sudden you can compete. And then we see what Ben Johnson looks like as a coach with an actual team. Uh, we don't know yet. We just don't know yet. Uh, he got hired because Bettino ran the, was running the uh, program into the ground and they needed a better recruiter. Well, recruiting takes time and then it takes time to develop players. And then it takes time to see what you can do with those players. And that's exactly with Whalen. Whalen finally has her, her freshman class that we've been waiting for. There is a lot of talent there. They are performing below expectations, even for a young team right now. But we got to see, you know, we, we have to see whether Whalen can coach this team to maturity, whether they can be better as sophomores, you know, whether they're getting Holloway back uh, and adding her to this mix uh, and, you know, maybe toughing these kids up. Maybe, maybe they are, maybe they're good. Actually. So, so we just, there's just no reason to rush to a judgment here. And as I always remind people, whenever I hear about firing gopher coaches, uh, too many gopher fans think that these are good programs. They're not good programs. They're bad programs. Uh, they are a, ended up hiring inexperienced head coaches who can recruit because they've been bad programs for a long time. And they figured, why not take a shot at people you trust, people with connections to the program, people who aren't going to be looking for the next job if they have success here. So this is this is not a hire somebody and hope they win in two years and fire them if they don't. This is a long-term evaluation process. Um, I would say that you know, I don't think they're going to fire Lindsey Whalen. What I wonder, she's so competitive, losing hurts her so much. If she got to a point where she didn't feel like she was going to make progress, I could see her walking away. But I don't think she's going to do that while just after getting a, a great freshman class in. Jim, uh, so Delvin Cook had uh, surgery uh, for his shoulder. Um, any thoughts on that? Well, <clears throat> March 17th, his uh, his 
salary becomes guaranteed against injury. So I think that is the magic date here. If they're going to make a move on him, if they're going to ask him to restructure, or if they're just simply going to cut him or try to trade him, I would think they're going to do it before March 17th. So that's the deadline. Um, I can't tell you for sure what they're going to do. I just would find it uh, contradictory to a lot of their philosophies, you know, stemming from the way McVay runs the Rams, the way a lot of modern teams have won the Super Bowl or had built really good teams. It would just seem to me uh, illogical the way they think for them to spend a lot of money on an older running back who's dealing with some injuries. I would think that I would think that they're going to cut them uh, and try to save some money against the cap and go with a younger group of backs. What is a realistic salary for a top running back to get, especially one who's looking for a second contract? It really depends on health and fit and whether you really think they elevate you. Um, you know, the 49ers, because they're not spending any money on quarterback and they have, are so stocked at so many positions, they were willing to invest in Christian McCaffrey. But they have a very unique situation. They're not, again, not spending money on quarterbacks, uh, already having a deep roster at almost every other position, stars at all the other skill position players, positions, uh, great defense. They felt like they were in a position where they, and with McCaffrey's pass catching skills, that he's different than your average running back. Uh, they also feel like if he's injured, they can survive that because their system gets a lot out of the running back position anyway. Almost everybody else is going at low investment at the running back. Okay, the, uh, the Eagles have a second-round draft pick, uh, Miles Sanders. He had a good year. They're probably going to get rid of him uh, because he's not any, he's not that much better than their their backups. Uh, the the Chiefs just won a for the second time in four years. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl with nobody at running back. Um, the you know the I'm trying to think of the other top teams. Uh, I mean, there just aren't that many running backs who elevate your franchise. There are good running backs. There are running backs you can build a running game around and all that, but it, it just does, is not the right place to put your investments in the NFL. Jim, uh, you're down at, uh, are you are you in Fort Myers now? I am. Okay. So uh, covering the Twins, uh, relief pitching, Jaron Duran certainly was electric at the back end of the bullpen last year. Do you know what his role is going to be this year? Uh well, it's always interesting with this team. Well, under Falvey and Rocco talking about roles. Well, two things. Number one, injuries dictate most decisions. Number two, um, they like being flexible. So they have Lopez, all-star closer. They have Duran, who's their best reliever. Uh, do they, you know, the easy way to go here is to have Lopez be your primary closer, have Duran close the days Lopez doesn't close, and play situations. And there might be sometimes that hey, we need we need somebody who throws 102 against these guys. These guys are coming up in the ninth. Others you might be okay. This is a normal situation. Lopez should be just fine here. Um, you know, so so I don't think they feel obligated to designate a role, but I would I would expect Lopez to get most of the save opportunities at least starting the year. Uh, Jim, do you feel like they've got more depth in the bullpen this year than they had last year? Uh, I think this is the deepest bullpen they've had in quite a while. Uh, they have two guys who are capable of being all-star caliber closers. They have two lefties they like in uh, Thielbar and Moran. They have Jax, who has emerged as a, a key figure for them. And then they have Alcala, who could be great uh, if he's healthy, and he is throwing the ball well right now on the side. Uh, and then you have a bunch of 
you know, other guys, you have a bunch of other guys who can contribute you have a bunch of other starters who weren't going to make the rotation, who could be long relievers or who could transition into middle relief. Uh, you know, this, it's been a real weakness of this regime uh, building bullpens. Even in 2019, when they won 101 games, the bullpen was terrible through July and then they blew it up and started over. And that's when Duffy and, uh, uh, oh boy, blank, uh, absolutely just blanked on the other guy's name, but then they had Duffy and, and the, the other guy, uh, come on. And t- I guess Taylor Rogers, uh, Duffy and Rogers emerged and really saved them the rest of that year. And they traded for some guys like Sergio Roma who contributed. Uh, but most seasons, their bullpen has not been good. Uh, 2000, I think it was 2021. The bullpen was so bad that they didn't have it. It just destroyed their season right from the start. So this, I think this is very comforting for this group to feel like they actually have a really good bullpen in place. Uh, and, you know, you can always add a reliever later. You can always add somebody at the trade deadline. But this is a pretty good set of five, six, seven relievers going into the season. Uh, Jim, what do you think about uh, Jose Miranda? Had a nice year last year for him. Is, what is his healing? How good can he be? He could be really good. I mean, he could be the, they, this team needs a number three or number four hitter. Somebody who's, they, they've really missed the Nelson Cruz figure, uh, who really held their lineup together 2019, 2020. The guy who you know is going to take good at bat. You know, he's going to get the runner in from third, a good percentage of the time. You know, he's going to get big hits. You know, you, you know, you can trust them. They don't just haven't had that. Polanco's the closest thing they've had to that. And he's been hurt too much lately. Uh, so Miranda and Polanco, if those guys can, through health and Miranda's development, if Blanco and Miranda can hold down three and four, this lineup starts looking really good. Uh, and they also need Miranda's right-handed pop to balance the lineup. So Miranda was exceptional last year. And then I think it was, I have to look up the game logs, but I think it was September. He kind of tailed off. Uh, so the question is, and talk about, we've talked about this with Smalley on our podcast uh, was that just a young player getting tired at the end of the season or did opposing pitchers start picking on a weakness? And that'll be the interesting thing to watch here. Jim, as far as uh, Byron Buxton, any idea what he might be asked to do early on in camp? Is he going to play a lot? Is, they get, uh, is the injury still a concern? Uh, they think, you know, he hasn't shown up yet. I was in the clubhouse yesterday and he isn't here yet. Uh, and obviously not required to be here till like next Monday or whatever. Uh, my guess is he'll roll in sometime in the next few days. Uh, I think they want to treat him as, as a normal player while keeping a, a close eye on him as the project, you know, that's the best layman's term. To, I mean, I mean, first of all, not many positions, modern baseball players show up in shape. So you don't have to work somebody into shape. It's more about, using somebody the right amount so they're ready on opening day. So I really think they will treat him pretty much the way they treat other players. And, hey, if you're healthy, get your work in, but don't overdo it. And if you have any concerns, let's shut it down and take care of it right now. How about Carlos Correa? Um, Is the ankle something that they're concerned with right now? No. Um, I mean, listen, they were shocked. You understand how shocked Derek Falvey was that Carlos Correa failed a physical, um, not to mention two. They had no medical concerns before they, uh, when they started negotiating with him, they had no medical concerns after they examined him, examined him again before they got the final deal done. They had him every day last year. He never expressed any concerns. He never asked not to play. Um, 
he, they just, you know, listen, it's one of those things where if you look deeply enough into any human being's body, you can find something wrong. Uh, and Correa had an injury back in what, 2014 or something like that. And they just don't see a problem. Uh, and you know, listen, anytime you talk about injuries, he could get hurt tomorrow. He could get hurt walking up the stairs tomorrow. We don't know, but we're, to, you, you can only talk about logic and probability and they just don't have any concerns. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast? Uh, full slate is up at talknorth.com. Good, uh, John Krasinski show on the wolves, uh, John Millay on preps, Jeff diamond on the Vikings and the Super Bowl, uh, and everything's at talknorth.com or in your favorite podcast app. All right, Jim, thank you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jeff. It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune Sports Columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column in the Star Tribune's podcast at talknorth.com. Next on WJON, news from ABC. You're listening to the 